Hey there, friend. I'm Susan, and this is the Spark Chasers Podcast, a series dedicated to the educational changemakers who embrace creativity, seek out challenges, and collaborate on solutions. This is a show for any educator looking to explore the creative side in the classroom, business, and life. So grab a cup of caffeine, your favorite flare pen, and let's chat about what's now and what could be next. Well, hey there, Spark Chasers. How are you today? It is Susan Riley. It's such a pleasure to be here with you today. As we are in the month of April during this recording, one of the things that it has reminded me of is that April is National Poetry Month here in the United States. And I think particularly this year, after that amazing inaugural poetry reading by Amanda Gorman, A lot of people have found a renewed interest in poetry, which is great. Um, And I know a lot of schools really do celebrate poetry, um, National Poetry Month, in a wide variety of ways. And so today, I wanted to share with you six ways that you can embrace and celebrate poetry through arts integration. You know, Leonardo da Vinci once said that painting is poetry that is seen rather than felt, and poetry is painting that is felt rather than seen. So how can we help students integrate both? Well, the first strategy that I want to share with you today is called cooperative poetry. And the I love how one of our authors, Pat Kloss, described how she used this in her classroom. So in cooperative poetry, it's an activity that small groups of students can use to construct original poetry. So poems are written by combining individual students' responses to a selected painting, sculpture, photograph, portrait, image, or artifact with their classmates' responses. Each student in a group of four to eight students reacts to an art piece by independently writing one line of poetry on a sentence strip. And then all of the group strips are laid out on a, on a table and cooperatively, the group decides how to order the strips to create the most pleasing poem. Now, what I love about this is that it connects really beautifully to artful thinking routines, to habits of mind, um, to our, our ways of thinking and helps students also create something together, but also that reflects their individual reactions and um, understandings of an image. So the materials that you would need for something like this are art posters, prints, photographs, or artifacts, or a computer and some projected images, sentence strips, markers, and optionally poster paper or tape or staplers so that you can post them up. Now, This is also an activity that you can easily use in a virtual setting, which I also really like, right? Because a lot of us are still in either virtual school or hybrid or some combination of (laughs) virtual learning. So this can be easily done virtually as well. So rather than sentence strips, they have something that they type in and then the groups in breakout rooms create their, their poetry using whatever sentence they wrote. 
So the first step is to group your students. And if you're doing this in person, Pat suggests handing out a grouping card to each student that has the name of the artist or a picture of the artwork on it. Pat typically gives students five seconds to look around the room and spot the painting by the name of the artist or the picture on their card, and then 30 seconds to proceed to the group. Um, and she then gives each group area uh, enough sentence strips and markers for the participants to have one of each. Then you're going to instruct each student to silently read the artwork for one minute. And after one minute of kind of contemplation, give students two to three minutes to write a personal reaction to the art on a single sentence strip. So this can be in the form of a complete sentence, a phrase, or a series of words. And so you might want to use the artful thinking routine, I see, I think, I wonder, as students contemplate the artwork. We've talked about that in previous episodes, and I'll link to that in the show notes. Um, they should write what the art says to them so they can describe items, feelings, ideas, connections, themes, mood, or any art elements they see when looking at the painting. Now you can direct their thinking or leave it completely open depending on how you want the lesson to kind of proceed. But I love this because there are so many opportunities to use this both in current events as well as looking at history or looking at something from a totally different realm. So for example, um, you could use this as part of a social justice lesson using photographs and images of contemporary current events. You could use this to also look at microscopic um, organisms and explore the science behind them. Uh, So totally, totally different ideas but you can still use the same strategy. Then step three is to instruct students in each group to lay out all the sentence strips from the group on a table or on the floor. So after reading through each strip, they discuss and decide cooperatively how to arrange the strips into a, an order that makes sense to them to form a poem. Now, this is the best part of the activity. You're going to hear the most wonderful conversation as students decide which order will sound best. If you want to keep the poems for display, have the students staple or paste the strips in the order that they decided onto a large piece of paper. And step four is to ask the the group to select one person to hold up the art for all to see. And so you can call them the Vanna White, if you will. Um, Have that one person read the poem dramatically to the rest of the class. So what makes cooperative poetry a great strategy is that it can be used in any content area, at any level, and in any language. And since there is no right or wrong answer in art, Even the most reluctant or hesitant student is willing to write one line of poetry. Now, Pat first used this activity when she was teaching a beginning Spanish class, and the students had to respond to the art in the target language using only one semester's worth of vocabulary. The poems apparently came out fantastic, and the students were so pleased that they could actually write poetry in Spanish, right? So um, that sense of pride and ownership can transcend a lot of difficulties that many students might perceive. And there's also a lot of flexibility in implementing cooperative poetry. You can choose to have students look at the art with or without a lens for looking. You can select random artwork and ask students to make any connection they want to, or you can identify a specific focus. So we could ask students in the photograph to specifically look for science or the math that they see in the art. 
You could also select pieces that have an obvious connection to the lesson or the unit that you're working on. So you could you could use it at the beginning of a lesson or um, a unit as a way to introduce a topic and begin building background knowledge. You could use it during a unit to give students an opportunity to practice and use academic vocabulary. Or you could use it as an assessment after students have researched or read about the life of an individual character or topic. There's also a lot of flexibility for scaffolding. You can provide word cards to use when responding to the art. You could provide sentence starters. At the end of the writing and presentation, you can have the students or the groups explain how and why each line connects to the art. And you can invite discussion, praise, or questions from the rest of the class. So there's a lot you can do just with the idea of cooperative poetry. Now, here are some other specific kinds of poetry that lend themselves to integration. So the second one that we're going to talk about is poems for two voices. So you'll, in this one, you're going to select a, a piece of art that has at least two characters or two points of view. So you're going to introduce examples of a two-voice poem and discuss how this type of poem could be used to tell a story. And after exploring the art with the artful thinking routines, um, what makes you say that or perceive, know, and care about... Have students brainstorm exchanges that might occur between two parties in the painting or two points of view inspired by the art. And again, I will make sure that we put the links to those two thinking routines in the show notes. So be sure to go back to those. That's over at artsintegration.com forward slash spark chasers. Just find today's episode, episode number 32, and you will be able to, to find the links to exactly how to do those routines. Once they have have brainstormed those exchanges, students can record these on a three-column organizer. So the outer columns are used for lines for each different voice and the middle column for what the lines um, may say together. Students work in small groups or pairs to write and perform the poems. So again, a really simple activity, but something that can be really powerful for connecting poetry to the arts. Another way that we could use this is with a sensory poem. So after observing and discussing artwork with a routine such as I see, I think, I wonder, or listening to a piece of music using that same strategy, students can write lines of poetry based on sensory perceptions they might have as if they were stepping into that artwork or being the composer of that piece of music. After imagining that they have walked into the setting, they record what they might smell, hear, taste, touch, feel against their skin, and feel inside, and record descriptive words, phrases, or sentences for each on an organizer. They can read their responses in order as a poem or select a favorite response to put on a sentence strip. And then you can combine this with that collaborative poetry and have sentence strips from various students ordered together to create a collaborative poem. Um, another one that I like to use is a list poem. So a list poem is an itemization of observations that is ordered to create a poem. It may rhyme or it might not. You can assign or have students select a theme. So again, a lot of flexibility here. Themes might include colors, shapes, feelings, ideas, concepts, memories, or anything else that's appropriate to the content. And then students can work alone in pairs or in small groups. Their goal, no matter how they work, is to observe works in a collection 
of art. So a gallery of images or um, a collection of music, so a playlist of music, or even a collection of um, choreography that has been pulled together to create a larger theme. Then, while perusing and examining the art, the dance, or the music, students brainstorm and record words or short phrases inspired by what they see or hear that relates to the theme that you've chosen. Now, using this list, they arrange the the words and phrases into a poem. As an option, students might participate in a gallery walk and identify a theme that becomes apparent to them as they view the artworks or listen to the pieces of music or watch the the dances. They can then return a second time and create a list of details that they saw or heard that illustrate the themes for their poems. I love this idea. It's so so simple. You can utilize it with... um, uh, small groups, you can use it, utilize it in stations. I love this as a station idea uh, because you could have a music station, you could have a visual art station, you could have a dance station, and have students look at these and do a list poem at each station and then have each of those stations related to the larger theme. So if you had selected the theme of, um, I don't know, if we're sticking with microscopy, right, of of being able to look at things, at small things at a large level, um, what could we do in each of those areas in, in music and art and dance to look at those and create lists that describe that? Poetry has so many options, right? I hope that this is kind of like blowing your mind right now because that totally blows mine when I think about having students create poetry. Um, Another uh, poetry strategy that we've seen used before is video-based poetry. So um, talk about STEAM, right? This activity connects visual art, science, and technology to create a movie teaching each other about a specific topic. Now, Our IIS artist-in-residence, Amy Traganese, shares how her school did this kind of project using what's called a hot block. Now, those are a -a once-a-week session with lessons designed so that all students, but especially those in need of academic support, can learn through multiple intelligences in the arts, in addition to conventional conventional methods. Hot schools, those who have been trained in this approach, integrate the arts across disciplines, creating arts-rich environments that motivate students to make connections between and among subject areas and ideas. It's very, very similar and close to arts integration. Amy and her colleague Kelly planned this second grade hot block idea of using video-based poetry around what the students were learning that spring, which was poetry in language arts and nutrition in science. During their planning of the hot block unit, Amy discovered that they that the students were learning about parts of a poem, different types of poems, and reading and writing poems with different tone and mood. And in science, the students were studying proper nutrition, understanding the five food groups, and creating balanced meals. So Amy and Callie decided to combine all of these with art and technology for their units. Students are going to create a fruit or vegetable puppet videos of their choice write a poem from the perspective of the fruit or the vegetable, and finally, practice the poem and make it come alive on video. So they're kind of combining that sensory poem idea that we talked about along with video. 
which is fantastic. So the way they did that was that students created their fruit or vegetable puppet videos with collage. The students drew the shape of their fruit or veggie on a piece of oak tag and cut it out and then used torn construction paper to cover the oak tag. They added stick on eyes and other details with permanent markers, which they loved. And then next was the writing, starting with brainstorming a list of words about the fruit or vegetable, going back to that list poem idea, and then writing the poem itself. The students then created a puppet video combining their artwork and poetry and read it out loud. So again, this is another strategy that could be used really well in virtual learning. Um, students can collaborate in a Google Doc on how they're going to pull those things together. They can create small short videos in, in something like WeVideo that is free and then pull it together to combine them to create this amazing um, kind of STEAM opportunity to explore poetry in a totally different medium. Um, the last strategy that I want to share is called found poetry. Now, according to poets.org, found poetry takes existing texts and refashions them, reorders them, and presents them as poems. One of our IAS writers, Diane Brandstetter, shares how she used found poetry with her students. She has found that her students, especially the reluctant writers, enjoy these kinds of poems. Why? Well, because they do not need to come up with original material. Instead, they piece together other authors' words in a new way. Now, to use this strategy with a class of primary students, Diane has students choose a favorite sentence from a book that they've read. And after writing their sentence on a sentence strip, they place all of the strips on the board and rearrange them until they agree on the order of the sentences, just like in that collaborative poetry piece. Through this activity, students read and reread consistently, uh, build fluency, and make decisions about the sounds of words and phrases. And if students are interested in helping rearrange the phrases, they must formulate a rationale for why they would like to move the phrase and convince the rest of the class that it's the best choice. Older students can do this activity independently by choosing a single text or text on a topic and piecing together lines, words, or phrases to create a poem on their own. For intermediate and middle school grades, the Library of Congress has a great lesson plan on how students can use primary documents to create found poetry, and we're definitely going to link that in the show notes. Older students can also read a passage and extract words and or phrases that convey the theme and essence of what they have read, piecing together words instead of entire sentences. There are so many ways you can integrate visual arts with this form of poetry. So there's tons of examples of found poetry art on Pinterest, where instead of cutting and gluing words together, students made art out of selected words on a piece of text. This is also known as redacted or blackout poetry. Austin Cleon, the artist, is like famous for using this kind of poetry. Um, we had him once at our Arts Integration uh, and STEAM online conference, and he was so fantastic when he describes the process of using blackout poetry. Um, and if you're not familiar with him, he wrote the book Steal Like an Artist. And we're definitely going to link to that as well. 
Found poetry can also be connected to music when phrases from different compositions are pieced together, which is also known as sampling in the music engineering sphere. Um, students can either analyze music for examples of sampling or create their own original music using samples. However you choose to use this strategy, it's going to require students to tap into creative, higher order thinking. So that's it. Those are six strategies for integrating the arts with poetry. I hope that these six ideas for using the arts with poetry have sparked some new ways to approach National Poetry Month in your school. I'd love to hear about them. Definitely make sure that you go back to artsintegration.com forward slash spark chasers for episode 32 and let me know how this has gone for you. You can just click the button and just you can send a text, you can send an audio file or even a video and just let me know how you've used any of these strategies in your own classroom. Remember that together we can chase the spark of our ideas and make a brighter future for everyone. I'll see you soon. Well, check that off your list, my friends. You just finished another episode of the Spark Chasers podcast. If you want more, head over to artsintegration.com forward slash spark chasers for show notes, a space to tell me what you thought of today's show, and links to what we talked about today. And don't forget to subscribe and leave a review. This helps others find the show so we can all grow and learn together. Can't wait to get together again soon.